Welcome to the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast, where we help you go from making your work your life to making your life work. We share true stories, interviews, and experiences that will help you, the hero, in your quest for passion and purpose. Higher purpose, higher productivity. This is the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast. What's up, people? of purpose. I love the fact that you are not separating yourself from your mission, but you're also not separating yourself from profit. And you know, like I do, that it's not about making your work your life, but it's about making your life work. And today I have brought on a great unifier of those two visions. Really, he, he helps people to, uh, to lose some of that, uh, the cross-eyed vision maybe of what they had before and brings them into alignment. Uh, before I let him share uh, what he does, Anthony Conrad, look him up on LinkedIn, look him up on all your social media, Anthony Conrad. Welcome to the show, my man. Before we get into what you do, man, tell us, what do you love? I love helping people. I love really kind of looking back at my own journey and my career and my life and being able to find those, that moment of greatness in everybody that I need and help them realize it. It's, it, it sounds cliche, but it's really what gets me up in the morning. Love it. All right. Got to ask, I'm a little bit of a geek. I've got, I've got, uh, well, I've got my favorite one sitting here, but uh, Anthony, you're wearing an Avengers t-shirt. Hey, who, 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 is, who is your favorite superhero? Honestly, I, I'd really have to say growing up and even till now, I've always identified with kind of the, the amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker. He's a little, you know, Boom. He's a, he, he's you hit more, it, man. <laughs> he's more matured. He's not high school Peter, but he's going through adult life. He's doing the work-life balance and... He's got the side hustle that's occupying his mind and he doesn't know when to shift the gears. It's a beautiful case study, honestly. Love it, man. That is, uh, that's mine from the time of my, uh, my youth. Definitely a, a Spider-Man fan and definitely the amazing Spider-Man, I think, beats out all other versions. So uh, we're off to a great start there. <laughs> Anthony, tell us, um, well, well, first off, Let's go here, man. There, there's, a, there's a saying that um, I, I would say that you, you get to share with people, whether it's leaders, whether it's, you know, it's just people who, well, specifically the leaders, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we want to barrel forward as though everything we do is perfect. When the reality is, is that it's actually our mistakes that make us human and can actually, in sharing that, can actually demystify success for others. So share with us a little bit about, uh, there was a little statement you gave me earlier, and I just wanted you to dig into that one. Sure. Um, a lot of the times, I, I, I'm a lapsed Catholic growing up, but I still remember my act of contrition. And it's just one of those things where you go in and you, and you say, you know what, I've, I've royally messed up. This is what I've done. And this is where, where I plan on fixing this. And, and it's one of those things that, from whether I was a CSM up to leading my own sales team to building my own business, the way that you truly garner respect and build 
a relationship with those you're leading is not by showing your Superman infallibility. It's by showing your vulnerability and showing that I've been where you are and I've come up to where I am and you can do it too. Uh, it's about being the guide rather than the hero of the story. And that's really been my philosophy through my career and through my projects is helping others realize that I am, though you think I'm awesome, I used to suck. But if I can do that with myself, I'm going to help you do it too. Mm. And, and is it okay, is it okay, Anthony, to sometimes suck even still in the process of growth and moving forward? 100%. I love the mentality that if you are good at everything you do, you're not trying hard enough. You got to find something difficult. Try out jujitsu. Uh, I recently, uh, this has been one full year that I've been back in the States after living abroad. And uh, I set a goal for myself this year, 52 hikes this year. And it's kicking my ass and I missed a few days already, but I'm doing it and I'm keeping up with it. And it, it, it's that it, mentality that there's something that you suck at that keeps you humble and driven and tolerant of others who maybe are finding their way. You know, it, it keeps you grounded as a leader. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can put into this type of uh, culture that we're building out is it's okay to be not amazing at selling, but the effort and the hustle that you can do to get better, that's what it's really about. Love it. So, um, so do this, man. I'm, I'm, not, a, uh, I'm not a Catholic, um, <laughs> but, I'm, but we're, I'm about to come to confession here because when, <clears throat> when you and I connected, so I'm, I'm about to get a little, uh, maybe, maybe folks might find this uncomfortable, but when you and I connected, um, it was in me doing something. Let's, let's just say it, wasn't, it, didn't, it didn't strike all the chords it wasn't a 10 out of 10. It wasn't the grand slam. It was, uh, it was, there, there was an experimentation that I was doing with something that was out of, out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. And um, it caught your attention. We made an appointment and um, in perhaps it can be instructive of what other people might be able to do right or wrong. So uh, there sure. you are. I'm, I'm getting undressed. Actually, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony's about to complete the process. So go ahead and go ahead and share a little bit of that if you could. When I spoke with you, you did something that I think every single sales veteran has ever been through before. And you reached that stride and that moment where business is good. Like you're not eating dirt. You've hit your stride. And you almost kind of forget what it was like when you were hungry, when you were driven by the need and the hunger. And I'm not saying you had it, but in a way, a fatal flaw that a lot of reps get is they believe in their product and their solution so much, and they've had so much success with it, is when they come across somebody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know the product, who doesn't know how awesome and amazing it is, when they hear that optimism of a rep, 
to quote Josh Braun, one of my sales heroes, you kind of got a little commission breath. You, you know, you're, you're diagnosing, you're, you're prescribing without diagnosing. And in medicine, that's malpractice. And so it is in sales. And it's one of those things that I'm super guilty of too. I've done it many times before where you come in and you say, hey, you signed up. You must fit this box because you signed up. So let me pour on why you made the right decision. And a lot of times it's like a dude wearing so much cologne that you just smell him a block away. You know, you, you got to kind of tone it down a little bit. You got a romance and you're on your first date. Don't ask them for marriage, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, and so, and so specifically um, what happened was I, um, I sent out a video that I think mm -hmm. um, was um, the message sounded like it could have been personal. Yeah. The video itself wasn't personal and, and the, um, the intention wasn't, wasn't bad, but maybe the execution was. And so, and, and maybe other people have done something similar where like, again, you record like your, your power statement, whatever, and it's supposed to attract your ideal client again. Yep. That's fine. But, uh, it was, it was, it was sent out in a way that let's just say all the dots didn't connect. So can you actually, can you diagnose that and maybe help other people to not, um, maybe, maybe share what you felt, help other people to not feel that thing and, and give, sure. a, give a little bit of a corrective solution for us there. Well, one thing that I've really hit on a lot with my teams is, it, it, obviously when you got a, a pipeline, like a normal rep, it's impossible to know the high school mascot of every single prospect and what is their favorite food and what they published recently. But when you understand first and foremost, who you're talking to and what is their personality and then understanding how to approach them. Like you, for example, you're a really, uh, you're an initiator in a way you're, you're a little bit more risk tolerant. You're obviously an entrepreneur, a little bit more uh, expressive. You have a show. Uh, these are things that I could kind of dig into and be like, Hey, Donnie, you know, I, I, I loved this episode where you said this, that must be really cool. Tell me more about that. Hey, thanks for being someone who is on this journey of purpose with me. And I am with you, my friend, and I've got something for you. Have you ever been moving towards purpose and sometimes it just looks like a big mess? Sure you have. We all have. And the reality is, is we're usually not going to get to a destination unless we have a roadmap. And that's exactly what I've created. If you will go to PurposeDrivenExecutive.com, you can get it for free. And this is the culmination of all of my studies, all of my coaching, all of even my own personal living and I've created a very visual, very easy way for you to map out your purpose. This is for you. This is for people you're leading. This is for your family. Go on over right now, PurposeDrivenExecutive.com and get your free map of purpose. So the power of individual reach is what you're, what you're, and I'm just, I'm, I want to 
pause here and press this really hard. The power of individual reach is much more powerful than let's just say mass connection. Is that something that you're, you would say? Exactly. And it doesn't have to be hyper personal in the way of big brother personal. (laughs) It's, it's, that's really cool. Could you tell me about that and asking that kind of like permission and kind of like, RCA Victrola, the, the little dog, his master's voice. Uh, that's, that's what a lot of individuals, when you work with them, love more than anything is somebody's interested in me and they're interested in, as you are with your purpose, your purpose is to help others achieve greatness. But everybody has their own definition of greatness. My wife, for example, thinks I'm crazy. I want to get a a cabin up in New Hampshire and just live out off the, on the grid. And she's a city girl. Uh, we've been making it work, obviously. But uh, that's the, the really the first thing when you in, in this era of hyper-personalization is how do you straddle that line of mass scale with less personalization or hyper-personalization to the point where, hey, I just met you, you know? Yeah. How do you know that stuff? That's yeah. creepy. <laughs> yeah. So, and, um, and I'm, I'm going to put back my medical robe. I'm going to put that yes. back on. So <laughs> myself back in that. Um, and, and I, well, before we get into the, ne- the next part, I, I'm curious just from, from what you see out there, Anthony, what, like, where does that scale slide? Like, obviously, um, there's, the, there's what happens before you know someone, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's what happens after you know someone. And there's what happens after, let's just say, you're in the follow-up loop, which is, which is where a lot of deals are for salespeople. Yeah. Um, like bring us to where you, like, get, I don't know if you have a rule of thumb or just practices that you've seen have worked, but uh, yeah, share, share on that a little bit because timeline does matter. Timeline absolutely matters. And the biggest thing of it all is the comfort level and knowing kind of like almost like a cruise control making sure that you're in the speed limit of who you're talking to Mm. and making sure that they understand that you have an abundance mindset. You want to help them when it's good for them. And if it's not now, okay. So Donnie, would it make sense if maybe in a few weeks I gave you a call to see where you are or what do you see as the next steps based on X, Y, Z? Taking away the pushy salesman attitude and really embracing the kind of the regala of the problem solver. Yeah. I've seen in my own org, our top salespeople are not the ones that shove deals down the throat and discount and whatever. It's the reps that I hear who tell me, I just closed the biggest deal of the company, but guess what? I've been to the altar three times with them. Right. And I got my heart broken twice. (laughs) And eating dirt and going through RFPs and that grind and that hustle and that mentality of there's an unlimited market in a way. Like the finding the best solution is 
hard to swallow, obviously, when you're in a, that commission life. But in the long run, it's going to create a bigger return on investment when you do take that. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. The question is, are you creating a client or are you creating a relationship? And, exactly. and when, when someone is willing to go to the wall with you, as, as you said, yeah. um, like obviously it creates. I was actually blown away. <clears throat> I don't know if you know um, Brittany Hodak. No. She's on, uh, she's on a Shark Tank. She leads something called Superfans. Anyway, it was, it's cool um, because of something that's, that's happening. Um, I'm, I was, first off, I found out who she was. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and next off, I, I, I just loved the, um, I loved how personal it actually did feel. She had the form where you go for her ebook on her website. And it did spit out something that was relatively, um, you know, it was for everyone. They included mm -hmm. like, hey, what's your favorite sandwich? But the answer to that, you could tell was from her personally. And so it was just, it's really cool that um, she sees the value of, of taking the time to do that. And it, yeah. it, it's in alignment with your, with your message. And Anthony, tell me this. I know that in, in your world, right, you deal a lot with data and helping people to understand the story of that data or is it data? First off, is it data or is it data? I don't know. I'm, I'm still the, the gift gif type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on with that one. Uh, sure. but, but, with, um, but in regards to that, like, like what, where do you see this oftentimes being misinterpreted in, in where does someone like you come along as a guide and, and help chiropractically align the data with the practice? Like, like talk about that a little bit. Data is, is black and white, it's static, and you could spin it any number of ways. It, it, the first thing is, is measure is agreeing on the, the, the measurement that you're using. And that's one thing that in my work I really love doing is working with media and marketing and on and offline channels and blending that data together to find those true insights. Um, but to also drive home, what is the real user's journey? You know, like how is this, data's great, you know, but what is the real experience? What is, what do I really like? I'm a huge geek for kind of slapsticky uh, down to earth ads. Dollar Shave Club, for example, oh, absolutely gets brilliant. it. Brilliant, yes. They, they they didn't go for Donnie or for Anthony. They went for guys who hate putting a piece of metal to their face. <laughs> and what makes us laugh? Because if you make us laugh, we'll give you money. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it reminds me of one of my first marketing uh, management classes in my MBA. Uh, shout out to my old professor, AC. Uh, he asked the class, when, when guys live alone on campus and it's just a house of guys, why do they spend less on toilet paper than a house full of women? And I literally said, because guys don't give an S. And he laughed so hard because it was a pun, but it's, it's true, you know? Because we go in the store, we just look, and it's like dollar toilet paper done. 
whereas women have like a more of an emotional connection through the texture and the packaging, whatever. And this company for our toiletries got us on an emotional level. And I think with a lot of marketing and sales, if you really get to the emotional level or show your humanity, then they understand that you're not just chasing their money. You're actually giving a crap about them as a person and identifying their needs. Yeah. You're like, I get you. I see you as, as, well, we got, we got back from, um, from Mexico. We were there for like four or five months, something like that. Nice. And the one complaint, um, although there were two, the internet (laughs) and the bedding. And then constant dogs barking, which makes it hard to produce anything. But the betting, so when we got back, there was one ad that hooked us. And have you seen the purple ads? Yep. With the, with the, the Sasquatch mom. Like, it's like, okay. <laughs> sold. And, um, and, and we're it's probably the most expensive mattress I've ever bought. Mm-hmm. And I love it. You know, it's, it's been, but I wish they would stop sending me ads. But, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. But the, you're right. It, it's, it's someone taking a moment to, first off, I think get your attention. I think laughs do that, but showing like, I give a dang. I, I, I'm listening. I, I get you. And we obviously will tend to align our emotions and our dollars um, with that scenario. So, so take us here because I know like you, you really, you're really big on helping people to understand internal and external clients mm-hmm. and, and where does data come in with this? And, and again, like, how do you, how do you bring alignment of head, heart, and we'll just, I'm holding out my little jazz fingers, you know, action. <laughs> how do how does, how does Anthony go do that? The, the biggest thing I see between that is a marriage almost of the, the, the analytics side, like the, the, the raw data side, but also from my time in the entrepreneurial world of learning what we call human centric design, having real conversations, even like this, listening to the tone of voice of when somebody says something. I hate surveys where it's like one through five, how do you feel on this? And it takes as long for that person to fill out that form as it would have for a 15 minute video conversation. And number one, that's a great point. That person would be super, super engaged in the conversation. They know you're listening. And then I can go to my own teams, let's say product development or my C-level suite and say, you're looking at churn numbers and you're like, why are people leaving? listen to this angry person telling us exactly where and when and how we failed or succeeded. And you can't ignore a voice. You can ignore a data point. You can smooth over, oh, this is just a, a bump in the road. But when you hear somebody, like I love doing 45 day app, post 45 day close conversations. Mm. 
Why? Some people are afraid of that. Mm -hmm. But even my internal customers, I love, everybody has the honeymoon period of employees. But, you know, it, the hardest part about hiring an employee is if they leave. It's such a heartbreak and it's like a breakup. It's like a divorce. Uh, and, and that's one way that a company could really understand and, and improve their business model is taking that customer satisfaction success side and applying that to your own internal customers, whether it be partners, your employees, your C-level suite, and chuck the automation and have a real conversation. That, Anthony, is beautiful. It's genius. And, and if I could um, throw my two pennies into that part of it as well, <laughs> I think that oftentimes companies or salespeople, whatever, see their value as, as one thing. If, the, if you take time and do exactly what you're just talking about with the people who, who love you, like it's not just the ones who are, who are breaking up with you, but the ones who love you and ask like, what, what are you seeing me? Like, what's the yeah. value that I'm really providing that, that if you were to do that, it sounds, I don't know what it sounds. It, sound, it doesn't sound really like something that, that it's just not a normal thing. But if you will do that, it will help you to structure your, your value prop, your approach. And by the way, you get a few great testimonials um, in the process. And, and the reality of what you're saying, I'm hearing, it's just this live feedback from like real people that validates them in the process of your journey. Exactly. It, it's one of those things that I, being in a multinational organization and remote Sometimes when people see a title in front of somebody, they kind of get that intimidation. They feel yes traps are the normal. And I recently took on the initiatives for my uh, BDR team and doing their one-to-ones and coachings. And the first thing I noticed when I took on the project was a very low attendance rate. There was always excuses and oh, I have an emergency or this came up. And I'm like, I've been that rep before. I know an excuse when I see it. And I'm not going to confront it like, I know you're making excuses. I did it in a different way. I said, hey, every time we have an eight o'clock call, you have something come up. When would be a better time for you? And they said to me, which for East Coast people, I know you probably think I'm, I'm nuts, but they said 4.30 a.m. And this team, for example, is in India, in Hyderabad. And something clicked. This is a very specific time as opposed to the other time. And the first sessions I had went very well. They attended, they got a lot out of it. All this hard work and methodology that I built out finally took traction. But at the end of the call, I said, hey, if you don't mind me asking, what's going on at 8 a.m., my time? And they said, that's when I go home. That's my commute. And it just took me back as to this Americentricity, this director. It it, it sucks for me getting up at 4.30, but 
how do I feel when my manager gives me a five o'clock meeting and my wife's at home and my kid and whatever? I totally empathized with it. And since doing that shift, the no-shows have dropped everything. It's a ripple effect. As a leader, you got to do things that suck and to show your team that you're willing to carry that weight as well. Mm, I love it. Getting in the trenches with them. And that's a, what a huge revelation that was. Take me, take me here, Anthony. Um, I've, seen, I've seen leaders, right? This could be many people listening to the show right now. They're in a scenario. Let's just say they haven't been really good at leading um, by connecting with people. These, these coaching um, sessions, meeting one-on-one. Maybe there was a previous leader that didn't bring value. Maybe they didn't bring value for whatever reason. Now when you try to connect, um, it's received not so warmly, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and we do have the excusitis or we have whatever. What, what questions should that leader be asking himself or herself? I'd honestly ask them, and it depends on your own career journey. I, I came from doing technical support slash sales for Nextel phones to get to where I am. So I've had a very wide spectrum of a journey. Some people just come into it, but I say like, do the undercover boss as much as you can, really. Uh, be prepared to get in the trenches to the lowest level yes. and do that management by walkabout. Get on customer service calls. Your success team, honest to God, we just had an offsite with our success team. And I literally told every, each and every one of them, whether they were the director all the way down, you guys are the most underappreciated group on the, on the field because if you increase billings, eh. if you lose an account, you're horrible. And if you keep people happy, nobody cares. But every month that a customer upgrades or resigns, you are doing the work of the sales rep again and again and again. Sales is not a marriage. Customers are not the monogamous to you. They can come and go as they please, billing cycle by billing cycle. And if you're the one that brings them on board, cool, love you. But as a leader, you are the face of your company and you need to empower and be willing to take ownership mm. of those failures and transfer the, that success to your team. For when you lose a client, it's not the CSM who slacked off. It's you as yeah. the leader because you didn't know this was going on. You didn't go to Donnie or to, to uh, Lakshmi and say, hey, what's going on with this account? You're having trouble. Wh what can I do to help you? Instead of just figure it out. You know, it, as leaders, we have to take extreme ownership of the success and failures of our team. Mm, love it. Can't lead where you won't go, can you? So talk to us about, I, I know this is an important thing to you. When, when I say that the word servant leadership, it mean, it's going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And you, 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 started, you just started <laughs> digging a little bit right around the edges when you, when you just now um, took me to the extreme ownership. 
But um, when, when you see it, Anthony, there is the flowery thought and philosophy, and then there is a practical get your fingernails dirty and do it. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that, man. It, it's really one of those things that I kind of harken back to just even when I was growing up of like people and especially in that macho male culture that a lot of us grew up in is like, Oh, you're doing the right thing. Like everybody's going to think you're the nerd or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of those things that, and I'm sure you've experienced it traveling in other parts of the world, but I come from a background where I lived in a town of 3000 people. And then in my mid twenties, I went and lived in one of 10 million. Mm. And it's one thing when somebody doesn't lead by example or do the right thing in a town of 3000, you know, it's easy to notice and other people can pick up. But when you're in a city of 10 million and everybody's going a mile a minute and they just, are focused on them, it's really easy to get people lost along the way. But when you take that moment and pause, those five seconds it takes to notice and do something, you create that ripple effect in your community, in your organization. Uh, we have a, this really great office of uh, where we have, have uh, like a dishwasher and like a nice uh, seltzer water machine. I absolutely love it. But there's so many little things that people could just let go of. Like, I'm not going to load the dishwasher. I'm just going to put my shit in the sink. If you as a manager or upper level leader don't do those things, other people are gonna, aren't going to do it either. You know? And when you do it, it's, it, it, it's so cheesy and corny, but when you do it, you'll notice, hey, it was already done today. Somebody else picked it up and you create that community by you taking the ball and running with it. it you may think that nobody notices it, but trust me, especially if you're one of those guys on the phone and you're stepping up, even though it's not your title, you talk a lot louder than you think you do when you're on the phone. And when you have a good time on that, if you're in sales or your success and you have your customers laughing and doing it, people are going to come to you. They're going to notice you. It, you don't have to be the most braggadocious and woo -woo, look at me guy. Right. Do great and greatness will follow you. Mm. I love it. Yeah, I, as a father to eight children, <laughs> I, I noticed this many moons ago that if I were to say, okay, everyone, let's clean up, and then I go off and I do something else, their uh, rate and level of work <laughs> was much lower <laughs> than if it's like I say, hey, everyone, it's cleanup time, and I start doing the dishes, or I start sweeping the, like, like if, if they see me taking action, they own it more. And there's, there's that principle. I think all of us want to serve with someone we identify with and who identifies with us. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love that, man. Anthony, where can we find you, man? Like what, like you, you're doing some great work out there. People need to be um, looking and listening. Where can we find you? Where can we get in touch with you? 
Sure. Uh, most most times you could find me on LinkedIn. I'm, it's one of the platforms I'm super use, uh, uh, available on. Uh, that's uh, Anthony Space Conrad with a C on LinkedIn. Uh, I also have my own podcast, which is a little bit of hiatus called Sales and Stanzas. Uh, and you can also uh, find me on my sales blog, spammed.co, S-P-A-M-M-E-D.co, to help you get out of the spam box. Love it, man. Thank you for sharing the power in bringing the thunder today. And uh, y'all go over there, and I did say y'all, but y'all go take a look <laughs> at Anthony and what he's doing. Listen to his podcast. And uh, you're going get to some, get some great stuff there. And listen, let's go do this thing on purpose, guys. Let's not go by default. Default isn't going to get you to where you want to be. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Annie.